The Morning Struggle Podcast is brought to you by Blue Clover Therapy, a mental health counseling practice in Salt Lake City, Utah. Visit www.bluecloverTherapy.com for more information. Blue Clover Therapy, because your mental health deserves a specialist. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people and break them down one at a time into history, science, and action plan so you can implement them into your life to build a better you. Stay tuned. In five, four, three, two, go. <laughs> That is ridiculous. That's the best way to go. That's what they do, like we said, in the biz. It's not, it's not how it works. I, we were on The Place recently, which is a we were Fox 13 place. channel for this podcast. Yep. And that's what they did in the biz. No, they used he their- was like He was like, five, four, three, two, one. There was zero You're whispering. You're on. <laughs> that's what he did. <laughs> I don't think that's what you he know, did. No, he's not what he did. But no, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was that a good was time. good, yeah. So, um, well, welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast. Welcome. I'm Ty, aka Husband Handsome Face. And I am Jesse, the therapist. And we're bringing you successful habits yep. of people. We're breaking them down into history, science, and action plan. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to implement them. I hope you're trying to implement them. So, uh, what are we uh, talking about? Oh, we want to quib, quip more? No, well, I just want to say, if you guys are doing it, let us know. Yeah, let I'd us love know. to hear people's progress on what they're doing or how something went horribly, horribly wrong. It's funny to me. Yeah. So like we, I incorporated yoga recently. You did? Into like meditation yoga into our fire station routine. Oh, into your fire. Because I'm like, you're not doing yoga here. Because I, I would absolutely take a picture of that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you should have taken a picture of us four fire dudes who are about as flexible as a pencil uh-huh. <laughs> in the TV room, like watching a YouTube you know, Aww. YouTube fifteen minute yoga thing and just struggling. It's super bad. But we're getting we're getting spiritual, we're getting flexible with well, yoga. And I it's like, like our meditation you one. You guys really do do like you open your minds to different things. You're not keeping to the same like just gonna lift all these weights. We're modern day firefighters. We're we're uh whatever, advanced. No Let's, one took a picture, huh? No one took a picture. Uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. So anyway, uh what are we talking about today? Oh, we're talking about profanity profanity or swearing swearing um disclaimer we are not going to use any profane words right so coming from the mommy realm yeah i don't want to play a podcast that has the swearing if my kids are near right and so um, we are talking about profanity and swearing but we will not be having any swear words in here right so we may we may use like the first letter like or hint at it like the s word or whatever but we're not going to swear right we're going to talk about more the idea and concepts behind swearing Sound yep. good? Yeah, that sounds good. All right. So uh, without further ado, let's get into the history, a brief history of swearing. This day in history. All right, history of swearing. So I got this from two sources. Okay. Um, the first one is Melissa Moore's book, A Brief History of Swearing. And then another one was an article from the Wall Street Journal. Hmm. Um, so let's, oh, let's start with the first, let's start Latin. Whoa. The Latin for profanity is profanitas oh yeah no big deal bringing the latin back (laughs) with that being said let's actually start in like ancient rome and ancient greece right i'm guessing that as long as we've had language we've had like profanity 
you know, so it's, it's a, it's a taboo word. So, so that's exactly what profanity or swearing is. Right. It's, it's our fears, which makes them taboo. Mm -hmm. And then we say them to give them like higher authority or meaning, um, or, or vulgarness to get a higher or elicit a higher reaction. Oh, I see That's what, what swearing is. It's, it's our taboos and our fears. Right. So whatever we fear or what is taboo in society at the time is going to be swear words. Oh. So we'll go over that in here in a little bit too. But so we'll do like a quick brief history throughout like the ages. So ancient Rome, mm -hmm. they feared a couple things. The gods. Yeah. So you scary. Yep. And sexual advances and, and favors, things like that. So anyway, so they had... Sexual advances? What do you mean? It just says, it says like they had disdain for people who received sexual advances. So maybe like the upper class bathhouse people doing, oh, doing their stuff. So maybe maybe so, it wasn't Well, and as, sex was kind of dangerous because you get STDs or yeah. that kind of thing. So so they, get, they had their, their language, their um, swearing with that. Uh -huh. Now with that, in like the Greek and the Roman periods, yeah. they had, did have a lot of like God swearing. So oh. like by Jupiter or by Zeus to like give oh, that emphasis, you know, of like you by Zeus, Zeus, you're not cleaning your room. You know, that was like their <laughs> their JC word back in the I'm day. I'm going to throw it out there again. Yeah. And that's where we got by Jove. Jove came from Jupiter. Oh, no So when kidding. you say by Jove, it means by Jupiter. So Whoa. yeah. So it just means you're swearing to the God, like the God will come down and vengefully attack you, you. for not cleaning your room. Smite you. Um, so then biblical times, same thing. So so it's a, it's a swearing an oath to to the your higher power. Hmm. Middle Ages. Okay. Um, they there were a lot more religious taboos, so they yes, were, they were yeah. really really scared of that you know damnation, and so that's where this where, where dam came from. Can I say dam? Is that okay for the mommy? I believe mommy dam brain? is fine. Yeah. So it was it was damnation. They they changed it to tarnation, oh. and so like like and then they brought the D back, and then it became damnation, and then then they just scrunched it down. Oh, that's interesting. So that's where that came up. There was a lot of there was a lot of. Uh, like cursing and things like that in the Middle Ages. So that's oh. where they swore to give curses out in the anger. Right. Well, Makes there was sense? so much running around yep. in the Middle Ages. But then you had the Renaissance oh. after the Dark Ages, right? The Middle Ages. We all got classy. Yep. And that's, we started bringing <laughs> in the potty humor. <laughs> so Is that when potty the, humor the Renaissance came in? introduced Ew. the potty humor. So, but pr that's because privacy increased. So you weren't oh. sharing a bath or you so poop didn't or make as... toilets with people. So you had like your own private spaces. So poop was a taboo thing. Oh, I got So you, you had poop words come out. <laughs> so so that's where you get it, like German, you know, and, and whatever. Every kind of culture had their poop potty language. So that was that was the Renaissance. Then the Victorian era. Then they cleaned that potty mouth up. Yeah, they do. They were so prudish back in the Victorian era. Oh. So they were saying here that, who was it? Chaucer from 1400s or 1800s, whenever he was. I can't remember what, when Chaucer was. He's a, he's a writer. Okay. And in one of his books, he wasn't allowed, they were not allowed to use the word trousers. Because what? it essentially meant that you had a body and you were covering up your private parts. So you couldn't oh. use the word trousers. Trousers was a swear word that is in the ridiculous. Victorian area. The Victorians were like, imagine those like those turtleneck shirts, those button up turtleneck shirts that yeah. have blouses and like hide your ankles. <laughs> like a good girl doesn't show and her ankles. we do ankles. not speak of our trousers. Yeah. So, that's, anyway, funny. so that's the Victorian area, like the 18th, 19th centuries. I'm going to have trousers be a swear word now. You, you should. Yeah, trousers. Um. Like and then, and then you know? get into like our modern day stuff, and and a lot of our swear words come from like medieval English, 
So oh, they okay. came from like 1500, 1400, 1600, 1700 English in like Europe. So all of our, our main, you know, swear words are four letter words. Those all are derived in English. So they came from that, that time frame. Oh, okay. That um, makes sense. But it's pretty interesting here. Like in the early 1900s in America, um, we we were still pretty prudish. And so like in 1932, Ginger Rogers sang a song and she couldn't use the word belly because belly was a swear word. So she had to use the word tummy because we call kids tummies. So she, <laughs> like, like that's how bad it oh, got. I love Ginger Rogers. Yeah, I know you do. But so, she couldn't use belly. So she had to substitute with tummy. It's all she, the same. No, no, oh, absolutely not. <laughs> it's not the same. Belly would imply that I've got, I've got a midsection that's soft and supple. So yeah, that's good inappropriate. Point. That's ridiculous. It's taboo. <laughs> um, so and then now, like in modern day, we have a lot of our potty words and our sexual words become so commonplace that they're really not profanity very much anymore. Yeah, I think it depends on where you're at in the country Yeah, at this point. Yeah, you know? and so, um, but we do still very much have a taboo against defamation of groups or racial um, yes. swear words. and rightfully so. And rightfully so, and, yeah. and I, I agree with that right now. So anyway, so that's kind of our, our like brief history of, of swearing. Mm-hmm. And I was reading some interesting stuff. You might do this in your science. Yeah. They're saying the average person swears 0.7% of his words are swear words yeah do you have that in yours yeah well so and, and you don't think it's I'm, very much but they were saying like we and i you only use one to three percent of the time yeah so you're swearing almost as much as you say i <laughs> that's a crazy amount of swear words they were also saying mm-hmm. that the the low class and the upper class swear more than the rising middle class because well, the people that are trying rising, to influence, yeah, they're trying they, to be. They want to be proper, yeah, and they want to prove that they've they can make it and they can be proper and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. When if you're already made it, you're like, forget it. Let's let's let, throw let's some f bombs down. Verbal diarrhea, yes. right? <laughs> um, and if you're in the super poor class, you're like, ah, whatever. I'll throw caution to the wind. So, <laughs> all right. So that's my my history of swearing and profanity. That's very interesting. Yeah. There you go. Trousers. And I'm, and I'm trousers. trousers. Yeah. So. Is that good? Yeah. Is that? I feel so, like, but you have to make the, I'm, I'm making a gesture right now. I know yeah. you can't see it. Yeah. It's like trousers. Yeah. I know. I get it. It's your very vaudeville <laughs> old school there. Um, but yeah. So next time you're out and about and someone says, cover your shame with your trousers. You're like, <gasps> oh my gosh. Excuse me, sir. I will show my ankles when and where I want to show my ankles. So world is this about i know it's crazy um yeah anyway okay you want to get into the science of profanity mm-hmm. all right let's do some science drop some knowledge on us and tell us how cortisol is affected by swearing oh i actually don't have any facts about cortisol no, and swearing. this will be the only this will be the first one 20 whatever episodes first one without cortisol I could probably tie it in some way. No, I will see. Um, okay. So, okay. I yep. feel like I need to get a cortisol shirt. You probably Because I like really champion cortisol. Yeah. cortisol. Yeah. But what, what does swearing do to our brains? Okay. So profanity is often used to share unfiltered feelings of emotions and sin- sincerity. Okay. Okay. Um, and everyone has their go-to phrase. Like think of your go-to phrase right now. Um, okay. Yeah. 
I, I don't swear very much. I'm very Victorian in that aspect. Yeah, you are pretty prudish. Yeah. Um, you have you have a phrase that if for some reason you specifically you like stub your toe. Yep, I, I got mean, a word, and it's one of the bad ones. It's one of the- <laughs> Okay. Um, so everybody has their piece that way. Um, with profanity, it's actually kind of a right of of adulthood. Only if you're not allowed to use it in your childhood. Oh, okay. Almost like a rebellion of your childhood. Right. Or a so, coming of age if adults are allowed to do it and you're not. Right. Like drinking that beer or drinking that coffee or swearing up a storm. Where you're like, oh, now I can swear now. This is this is great. It, otherwise, if, if profanity is used in childhood, it's actually less effective and not as special. Oh. So your brain doesn't react as, as much to it if you're very, if you use lost swear words when you're a really kiddo. it's not really taboo. Then it's just vocabulary. It's just the way that you function as a human being. And so... It actually is is pretty important that we don't have kids swear as much or try to. I know every teenager in the world throws those down or try to restrict that just because it, it does create kind of this rite of passage. And um, it's one of the very few benefits of being an adult. Okay. So, so we actually, sh- we should restrict our kids from swearing and not have them swear. If no other reason, then they can have like a rite of passage or a little mini rebellion right. later on. Yeah. And so... You find that people or kiddos, when they hit that childhood into adulthood, have otherwise less other rebellions okay. if they have these like mini triumphs so that suddenly they can throw down an S word or whatever. Okay. Um, and so they, that's how they're rebelling and that's how they're moving into adulthood. Okay. Okay. Um, but there is a, a, a small time period in which they have to figure out how to use the word. So if they're not using it as a child and using it as an adult, they ha- they have that time period. And that's kind of where we get into that um, 16, 17, 18, where they're using it with their friends. They're not, but they're generally not using it within their uh, home life. So they got two lives. They got, they have two lives and it, it can be very effective communication and it creates camaraderie. That's why sailors swear. <laughs> No, seriously, they, they not, do. Yeah. So is you that, swear like well, a I, would, I would assume because yeah. it's communication style that they're replicating. Right. Um, yeah. Well, that's a good point. So like, because I swear more than I should. Yeah. Um, And you don't. But fire stations tend to be kind of. I, I swear at the fire station. Oh, you do? Yeah. I swear more at the fire station and I can hear myself swear more at the fire station because I'm trying to fit in. Oh, that's interesting. Well, and that's kind of how you guys know can... that I'm Victorian and I'm wearing my long turtleneck blouses well, on my days off. I don't know necessarily that it's a fitting in, but if you're all communicating in a similar style, then it's more of that bonding along with all the yoga you guys do. Yeah. And progressive. We're progressive. That was the word I was looking for. Oh, progressive. progressive. All right. Keep going okay. on, on the brain. So, so um, within social groups, it's mirrored and it has to be, it has to be accepted within the social group or else you become the taboo person okay. and, and therapists do this. Like, um, we talk about like, well, therapists shouldn't share or not share swear. Um, but therapists often mimic the, the, language. the language that's happening and usually one step back from whatever that is. Okay. So, so if I have a client who is a sailor or swearing up a storm, I will not replicate that or mirror that perfectly, but I might throw one in as a camaraderie rapport building thing. So they don't so, feel isolated or alienated. Right. Where okay. this, this prudish little person sitting in a the big boy chair <laughs> doesn't want to swear and then they have to apologize. It's a whole big thing. Um, to be the most effective with your swearing, 
you really should only swear 0.5% of your total words voiced in a day. It's still a lot. That's still a lot, but but you really want to restrict it because there, a lot of people will throw words into almost every sentence. That's too much. And it's way too much. And let me tell you why um, and what happens. It loses impact. Yeah. So if you stay at this 0.5%, um, what they have found, and this is like Michigan, Hong Kong, um, Stanford, and the University of Cambridge, they all came together and did the study. People who swear at this 0.5% lie less. And have higher levels of integrity. Whoa. Yeah. Now, if you go um, above or below that, for whatever reason, it starts varying. Really? And it, and it so if is you don't a bell swear curve. at all, you're like a sociopath. <laughs> and if you swear too much, you're just a common criminal. It's a, that's what it is. Is that what it is? No, but it's it's really quite interesting. Oh, they, it's that, interesting, yeah. Yeah, that where you kind of seem to peel back the the layers and you're more likely to be honest about what's what's happening. Oh. Um, also, if you're at that 0.5%, which is, I, I don't know how you would find that like as a human being, like if I'm walking around like noting all my words, but um, it increases, um, not increases your intelligence, but you tend to have a higher intelligence. Okay, so you... Chicken and egg thing, like yeah, it's are you that's one's you don't hard swear, to you just swear because you don't. Yeah, and this is it. taboo word fluency, though. This is not throwing in words randomly and not knowing the meaning behind it or or knowing the impact it has within the social group. So that what they're saying is that with a higher intelligence, um, if it's used appropriately, specifically, um, they're more able to switch communication styles. So okay. you have to have a higher intelligence if you're if you're switching communication styles. And, um, and you're able to read social cues quicker. So you can read the room essentially and figure out if, if you throw down, I don't know, whatever swear word, whatever swear word, is it going impactful? Right. Because yeah, it's supposed to be impactful. Is it going to impact the group the way that you're looking? And then where does the social group, what words are not acceptable and where are the levels? So higher intelligence, you have to be able to tell what, read the room and be able to tell what what is overstepping right and then what is actually okay because you want the emphasis on what you're saying not the emphasis on how you're speaking yes okay yep and then last increases pain tolerance swearing increases pain tolerance yes so when you break your leg and you swear up a storm you're it's less painful yes oh yeah so um your body triggers into the fight flight freeze reducing the perception of pain because you get kind of that rush of all the pain, natural painkillers that you have. Now, you're, you're going to get that anyway if you stub your toe, for instance. But the way that a, a swear word works is that it has that same like boom effect, right? If you use it in that 0.5%, specifically your, your phrase. So everybody has their go-to phrase, like I was saying. That specific phrase has a bigger impact on, on pain tolerance and pain reduction, Okay. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense because if you it's diluted if you're using it all the time, so it's not impactful. Right. If you save them, you know. So like if you're chewing down morphine every day, mm-hmm. morphine's not going to touch your pain anymore. Right. You know. But if you only get it when you break your leg, it's a good drug. Right. So okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So so our go-to really should be only used in certain situations, and it tends to be the one that your <laughs> that your caregiver or parental figure, whoever that is. Did not allow you to have oh, or say. Okay. Because there's certain words that parents would be like, yeah, okay, please don't say that in public. Don't say that at school, whatever it is, right? Right. But the one that they like will turn around freeze frame style. Right. And like 
come down on you like Zeus. Right. By you know? Jove. By, by Jove. Um, then that is the word that gives the most pain relief in those situations. Like that's, if you break your leg. That's why trousers is so powerful trousers for you. Trousers. Or crumbs. 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 Oh, I, I get that one. Yeah, yeah. Like you go, oh, crumbs. Oh, crumbs. Yeah. If crumbs is a swear word for you, we're... That's impressive. Okay, so hold on. Crumbs is a swear word if you use it appropriately. Like, oh, crumbs. Because if you ever eat in... You don't eat in bed. <laughs> no. But if you did eat in bed... No, I know what you're talking about because you eat in bed. <laughs> and so I am surrounded by crumbs all the time. And it's awful, isn't and it? And it's awful. It is awful because the, and then the crumbs are... And yep. then you're all, you kind of get sweaty in the nighttime. It And elicits. then the crumbs like stick to your skin. And you're like, oh, it man, are you It's a response me? by yeah. me. Yeah, I get it. Okay. So, all right. So, so there you go. That's what happens to your brain. When you swear. Yep. Or it's use a good preventing. time. Anything else we got on science? No, just and 0.5. Here it is, 0.5. Um, and we didn't use cortisol. Cortisol is not in the equation today. No, but so, during the fight, flight, freeze response, cortisol well, is I know, definitely but that's a component like, of it. Yeah, I get it. That's but, like saying there's swearing's... oxygen in the air. I, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, cool. Um, all right. So that was science. That's How about science. we go into coffee segment? Yeah. I drank pots and pots and pots and pots of strong black coffee trying to keep my sleepy soul awake but the sleepiness still comes along and when it does it's fast and strong i end up with a bad case of the shakes you want to hear something that really frustrates me let's hear it when you are in charge of whatever segment i don't tell you what it is Nope, it's not that you don't tell me. It's that you don't have your phone ready to go if that that's where your document is. I know. It I drives did, me up a wall. I did the research for this this morning. I know. And it's early. So that's but I'm just I'm really good at procrastinating. Remember our procrastination episode? Yeah. I get my little runner's high off of procrastinating, I and think. And you don't you don't take all the stuff into a separate document, do you? My, all the stuff into a separate document? Yeah, like you don't you don't like I have, I, I have a morning struggle. You what? Look it up on the interwebs and then read it. That is not, you got to put on a separate document to make it very professional. So you know oh. what you're going to do. Well, I'm going to do this one off the internet. This internet. one comes from Men's Health. Oh. It's a little magazine. It's always got pictures of dudes with six packs on them. With shirts off. Yeah, Wouldn't I Men's know. Health just be like, you think they'd have like nice outfits on? Because they aren't, they trying to, or is it because men idolize other men who have six packs? It's a hard time to be a man. It's no no longer like lumberjack, just be big and strong and virile. It's like you got to be strong, yet low body fat percentage, which is really hard to be strong and energetic when you have like a 6% body fat. Well, and just to be clear, like if you, those guys on the magazines, that is a, a single point in time. They can probably only maintain that for maybe a lot a, of them. A, a lot of them weeks. do. If you've talked they maintain to them. No, no, they don't. No, they don't maintain that. Yeah, Like bodybuilders, they have such a little body fat when they compete that it's painful for them to walk out on stage. Yeah. You can't can't live like that. So, but that's what you see over and over again. Right. So our poor boys these days with their body dystrophia, whatever it's called. We'll just bear any type of body image issue. Yeah. Anyway. Piece of that. Um, All right. Well, let's go back in the coffee review. Do it. We got way off track there. Um, but here's an article from Men's Health. Okay. How much caffeine is really in your favorite cup of coffee? Now they said favorite cup of coffee, but what they analyzed was definitely not favorites. What does so, that mean? What do you mean? We're, we're talking cheap coffee. 
Oh, we're talking well, like your not... gas station coffees and your oh. your fast food coffees. Not everybody can go to their fancy barista every morning and get their eighteen dollar. Are you? You know, americano like you do. Are you? I am not. You do every I'm time. Very every close time to it's that. it's it's americano. But these are um, researchers researchers from Labdoor. Okay. And they looked at the caffeine content in a medium cup of coffee. Okay. Which is like, you know, your medium cup if you go through the drive-thru. Okay. Or you go to Sev. And so they're, they're talking Starbucks, 7-Eleven, McDonald's, Dunkin' Donuts in New York and San Francisco. I don't know if they've got different caffeine in different parts of the world. Oh, we should look into that. Like if elevation has anything to do with caffeine intake. Well, it does. Ca- well, oh, like how much caffeine you have or how much is in the bean? Both. Yeah. So the beans are different depending on how you grow them where they're grown. So the caffeine content's very different. But um, so 7-Eleven had the highest caffeine rating. Yeah. 280 milligrams of caffeine per cup of medium coffee. Yeah, but you can't you can't drink it though. It You can't drink the coffee. Why? Because it's gross. It's, it's 7-Eleven's got good coffee. Does it? I like 7-Eleven coffee. Ugh. I don't like Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I don't know why. Really? A lot of people really like it. I am not a fan. Oh. Um, and 7-Eleven will do it. It'll do in a pinch. Um, so anyway, 7-Eleven <laughs> took the took the cake, um, oh. and then Starbucks came in second at 267 milligrams. McDonald's came in at 227, Ooh. and then Dunkin' Donuts only 220. So if you are looking for that straight caffeine buzz, nothing else. Right in the veins. Go to 7-Eleven. Don't go to seven. Go to 7-Eleven. And uh, <laughs> but they did say that that Starbucks was the most consistent. And oh, I, I am, would see I that. I am surprised. I don't know how they do that with their thousands of chains. You go to a Starbucks, you're going to get the same cup of coffee. Well, that's why they, that's the thing with those kind of chains is they have perfected the idea that they can make the exact same thing. Like if, if I go to Starbucks here or I go to Starbucks in New York, same cup of coffee, essentially. Yeah, it's it's yeah. amazing. So, but, but that's how you do it. You, you standardize everything in, in your chain. Um, You do. And so... What we say, though, on our caffeine segment, 400 milligrams a day is like the max you should have right. before it becomes that, detrimental. Yeah. Th- this is pretty close. That means if you have two medium cups of coffee a day, you're out of that. You're over that equation. Or if you have a, a cup of coffee and a soda or a energy drink, you're way out of it. Yeah, so, you shouldn't be drinking energy drinks ever, though. I know, but we have children and our children are tiresome. So, Do anyway, you drink energy drinks? I don't anymore. I really got off, but I used to. Yeah, well, we used to we used to drink a drink lot of a them. A lot of them, yeah. but yeah. So anyway, so there you go. Seven, oh, that's Seven Eleven, the highest. Dunkin' Donuts, the lowest. So wait a minute. So I know that the growing the beans and the caffeine content will obviously be based on where the beans are grown and elevation, all that. But then, like, if you take the same amount or the same beans, like the same bag of beans, and then you brew your coffee in two different, like, on the top of a mountain versus like at sea level, are you going to have different? caffeine content like does the caffeine uh, do you extract caffeine at different concentrations depending on your elevation yeah i have no idea i would say probably not but you never know well maybe someone can tell us maybe we can do a research study on it we'll go down to the beach and we'll brew some coffee and then we'll go up to the top of a mountain. That sounds like the best research coffee. study ever. Yeah. I'm like, well, I got to go to the beach. Oh, yeah. I got to go to the top of the mountain. Yeah. We have to go to like six of them because we got to make sure it's consistent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I Yeah, I don't know. That's a good That's question. That's amazing. Maybe it's all right. But anyway, so there you go. So 7-Eleven coffee. 7-Eleven coffee. Oof. I know. It's okay. Uh, okay. Action plan. Back on swearing and profanity. Yeah. Let's talk about how to swear more. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Are we really going to talk no, about how to swear more? About. 
For action plan? All right, well, let's just get right into action plan. Let's hope you make the most of it, my boy. Okay, I actually don't want you to swear more. You want us to swear the right amount. The right amount, which is 0.5%. And it could be trousers if... If, you're, if that's a swear word for you, right? Well, and yes. So th- that's the thing I'd like to emphasize is that it doesn't have to be the, the necessarily like the social norm taboo words. It can be crumbs. You okay. can say crumbs and have the same effect as long as you're you're only saying crumbs in that context. Right. right? I don't say crumbs very often. You don't. You save that for special occasions. Crumbs. That's your go-to swear word. That is not my go-to swear word, but a very, very good point. So what I want you to do is I want you to observe... How often you swear, and if you're swearing effectively. Okay. Like record your own conversations? No. Just kind of like Observe it. Just be like, oh, I used some swear words in that sentence. Okay. And And different settings. So like when I'm at, and when I'm at work, like work, work, when I'm doing work things, I swear very little. If I'm in therapy, it depends on the client. I might throw down a few swear words, but I tend to keep my swear words on the, the low key. Okay. Um... Yeah, I don't, I don't go too harsh there. If I'm furious at something and there's no little ears, I probably swear more. So being able to like these different contexts about, okay, do I swear more in the car? Do I swear more with my girlfriends? Like what, what exactly is happening there? And are you being effective within the context? So if it's like, like you and I, we don't really swear with or to each other. No, yeah, we'll we swear just, at each other when we're fighting sometimes. Sometimes. Little bits. Little bits, yeah. But even then, they're pretty low-key swear words, and it's more of like an emphasis word, um, which has worked fine within our relationship. Now, if suddenly we went sideways and got really, like, lots of profanity, that would be weird within the context. So that would be a a situation to note, being like, oh, I I got real weird with that swear word situation. So maybe at the fire station, I swear way too much because I'm trying to fit into the social context or whatever it right. is, social norm. So maybe make a note of that and then then analyze it. Yeah, so just kind of, we're just trying to observe what's going on there. Um, note your social group swear patterns, like at the fire station. And then um, have you picked up on the habits or are you part of creating the habits? Oh, like are you the, the leader of the swear group? Mm-hmm. Well, or, there is a leader. Or you follow? Well, there is a leader, like you're a captain, right? Okay. And if suddenly you crack down on swearing... And said, we don't talk about, we, we don't say that word or like, I don't know. I don't I'm know. a fire captain, not a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just can't. I can't be like, all right, guys. No more swear No word. drawing on the walls or no saying the potty words. No, but but you got to think like you guys clean up your language probably a little bit when the chief comes by. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, gosh. Anyway, yeah, okay. I get but, what you're saying. Though. Yeah, but but are you the leader? Are you not the leader? Are you creating the habits? Are you not creating the habits? Are you just mimicking what's happening? That kind of thing. Um, note what your go-to is, and make sure that you're not using that out of out of your most effective zone. So save that. Save, save that bad boy. Save, that's like your your big firework for the end. You don't want to <laughs> shoot that off in the middle or the beginning. It's like a waste. Yeah. So so it's okay. not a stubbing your toe situation, it's breaking your leg situation. Got it. Right? But you want to keep that you want to keep that sacred not only because um of the pain tolerance piece of that, but it it just has more impact within your system of how to like get yourself to have the more pain tolerance. Um it's probably not completely acceptable within your social group. So you don't want to be spouting that bad boy off. 
Um, and then it, it is a kind of a comfort adult thing to do. So you don't want to over overuse that word. And then identify how you can be more effective at swearing, okay. which sounds... So I don't understand that one. How do we become more effective at swearing? Well, so let's say that you are... Okay, so let's say you're trying to climb a social ladder of some kind. You're probably going to swear less. Or you're going to swear at the capacity of whatever social group you're trying to dive into next. And so being like, okay, so these guys used to usually use this word. Or like when it gets really late in the office day, swear words are allowed and... I can probably swear during that time, but being able to kind of note what, you, what and what you're trying to achieve with your swear words, because are you trying to fit in with the top brass of the company? So mm-hmm. are you mimicking that, or are you trying to be like the guy and the leader of your little group of people? Right. So what are you trying to achieve with your swearing? Right. Okay. And 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 if you don't want to swear at all, which is totally fine, um, are you okay being kind of the the odd man out in that situation? Is that an acceptable situation for you to be in? Um, and then, yeah. And then using words that may, maybe are not socially taboo, but maybe are taboo for you. Right. So, so you can still elicit that response. Right. And Utah is a very classic way of smushing the words like shut, shut the front door. Yeah. Cheese like and those, crackers. Yeah. yeah. So it. those kind of things. So maybe those are acceptable things for you, but not the actual taboo social word. Um, and again, we only want to be doing this 0.5% of our language. Um, to be the most effective all around. And so making sure that you are lining up socially, but also lining up with that percentage to make sure that you your profanity level is at a good good spot. So use it as a tool. Yeah, it should be it should, it should be, be treasured. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So go make that assessment. Find out how much you're you're swearing. Mm-hmm. Find out how much people are swearing that you want to emulate. Right. And how you swear in different situations. And then use that to uh, kind of put together your dynamic of how often you're going to swear. Yep. 0.5%. Get that nice, nice uh, number so you're balanced. Yes, exactly. Okay. And then go out there and swear yourself up to a better you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>